0: I was just always really determined, this is what I'm going to do. So whenever I graduated from uni, I didn't even wait to, for someone to offer me an exhibition. I just decided I'm going to organize my own exhibition.
1: Welcome to the artist world. The last time you went to see an exhibition, did you wonder why the artist worked that way or had that style? This podcast lets them speak. You will learn how an artwork an encounter, or different life experiences have made them the artists they are today. You will discover how it all began. The Artist world is part of the Our Choices Network. You can follow us on the Instagram account at ourchoices.art. This is O-U-R-C-H-O-I-C-E-S dot A-R-T. We'll be happy to answer your messages or comments. Now, I leave the word to the artist.
0: My name is Claire Morgan, and I'm an artist. I make drawings and sculptures. Um, I'm from from Belfast originally, but I live in Newcastle upon Tyne now. Gateshead, it's the same town basically. It's myself and my sister, mother and father. Um, my sister's two years younger than me, she's now a nurse and my my father's a maths teacher, he's retired now, and um, he taught in a school for his whole career um, and my mum was a nurse as well and um, she died in 1992. Neither of my parents were interested in art as far as I am aware. and. Um, only thing I can think actually is my dad used to make uh, fractal drawings <laughs> I can remember that from photographs of me as a baby and um, I think whenever I was being christened there's a, a drawing that he did in the background that's you know a kind of simple fractal and um, that's like the only artistic thing I can think of from my parents but I just always wanted to an artist, that was the thing that I wanted to be whenever I was a little kid. I was always drawing and making things whenever I was a child and and making things outside as well so our house was surrounded by countryside and we we played more in fields than with other kids actually. (laughs) Whenever I was a teenager um, and when I was at university as well actually I think I was quite boring, like I was just working on art things the whole time and like at lunchtime, staying in class in school by myself to draw or whatever. Actually, um, whenever I was in, let me see. I probably would have been 12 or 13 in school. We were asked to choose uh, an image of an artwork from a book. And copy a detail of it in our sketchbooks, big, um, like a really basic exercise. And I couldn't choose one. And my teacher said, "Oh, what about this one?" And it's the the Rousseau, which has the I can't remember the name of it, but it's the Rousseau piece, which has a woman in the foreground reclining and some like tiger or something in the background, and. So I went home and drew the whole thing, and I didn't realise I was only supposed to draw a small bit. So, but it, I remember that drawing always because of that. Um, and then just recently I was in Basel for a site visit for an exhibition I've got coming up there. And I was looking in one of the museums there, and there wasn't that Rousseau, but there was another Rousseau that was really, really similar. And it was just really amazing, actually, to see it in real life. It just seems... Silly because you've seen it it's different whenever you see something in real life. So like it really actually it had an impact on me and I've one of my paintings that I've just been working on is called Jungle with Setting Sun, which is the same as his and it's um it's quite different from his work, but that's the the point of using the same title and then changing it. There was a sense that if you were gonna be an artist in Northern Ireland, your art would be about the situation in Northern Ireland and a lot of artists there that's what their work's about and I just it's it's not something that I ever really wanted to to pursue at all I lived a little bit outside Belfast but you at that point in time living there you can always feel the conflict there as a teenager for example and you're meeting other kids and you what's your name is a loaded question because if your name is a primarily Catholic name then you've kind of cornered yourself or if it's a predominantly Protestant name, the same thing so unless you know what the other person is first it's kind of dangerous and not the same with what school you go to you don't don't know what the right answer is going to be so it's always was an underlying thing actually Um, like whenever I moved to Newcastle and we were looking for a house to live in, the immediate thing was, oh, is this a Catholic or a Protestant area? And it doesn't exist anywhere else, but you don't realize the really really considerable things that are affecting your life. Um, and I was never really directly affected by anything, you know, anything really bad, like someone being killed or a bomb or anything like that. Um, but I remember whenever I was a, a child uh, walking to school, this is whenever I was maybe six or seven years old, um, British soldiers would be hiding in the hedges of um, of just of gardens on the street as you were walking along, there would always be soldiers kind of hiding in the hedges um, with their guns kind of following whoever's going past. Um, and I remember a couple of times a soldiers spitting at me because I was wearing a Catholic school uniform. Like, it's not cool <laughs> at all. It's a really, really horrible thing. So it, uh, yeah, it just made me want to leave there actually. So I did. <laughs> Whenever I started uni, I, um, I had this idea at school, the, about possibly fashion design. And whenever I was starting to think of ideas for clothes or dresses, they were always really stupid, actually. Like, they were—they had the same kind of themes of my work, actually. I remember I made this dress, which was uh, a metal petticoat that was made out of wire, and it had plant pots in it, and there were plants growing around it and stuff, so there was a... The, the kind of conflict between organic and geometric and manufactured things um, it was completely <coughs> impractical as any kind of fashion design and it wasn't going to work so I, I kind of realised actually it's sculpture so whenever I went to the degree at university I just did a sculpture degree I was always using organic materials whenever I was at university and Using animals, I, it just seems like a logical thing to me that the animals, once they are dead, it's an organic material and so I was just using it and I was working with animals um, which weren't taxidermied, which are just dead, rotting or dried or fragments or in different ways but not very... Hygienic or nice ways, but this was what I was interested in then was very very real decay and death and things I think I was quite difficult um, I'm very feminist. I'm very political and really quite aggressive actually Um And whenever I started making suspended things, it's because I wanted to make something that was scary and unpleasant for the viewer um, and I was wanting to suspend things that were Dangerous or dirty or unpleasant in some way and that's why I started using rotting fruit and then actually the process of suspending things became more the focus and it became less aggressive I kind of realised that's not a way to communicate with people effectively there has to be some kind of beauty or some way of uh, getting them open And at the point whenever I started using animals, I don't think I would have entertained the idea of using taxidermy because it's not the real animal. And I had this idea in my head of truth to materials and if it's not actually the dead animal, then it's... Because inside the taxidermy, it's just a styrofoam model that's carved. Um, So it would have been problematic for me at that time. But then as my work started to become more static, um, originally it was... It's always been about change and time passing, but in the beginning I was sort of literally representing those things, so I was using materials like strawberries or something that is changing quite dramatically the whole time, or ice melting, or animals that are actually decaying, and then over time it became more about halting that as a means of exploring it, so still looking at the same thing, but not looking at it by just doing it, because it's a bit and easy after a while I started exploring it from a different direction and so everything else in it became more about suspense and control and taxidermy just kind of came as a a natural progression from that I started having ideas that were more specific in terms of what the animals were doing um, and so there was a specific idea for a piece with a fox um, and the fox was to be standing up in it and you can't make it stand up unless you taxidermy it. Me. So I started learning it so that I could do that. And I was learning it on a, I did a residency on a farm in rural Cornwall in the southwest of England. Um, and so I was gonna be there for eight weeks and I thought, okay, it's a really rural location. I will find roadkill and I will experiment and see if I'm able to do it. And for the whole of the eight weeks, absolutely nothing dead whatsoever. Um, And I was spending all of the time cycling around the roads just in the hope of finding any rubbish, dead animal, nothing at all, Um, until the last week. And then there was a a weasel and a fox, both. Um, So I... I messed around with those um, and started to kind of try and teach myself a little bit. But actually the thing that came out of that residency as well is while I was looking for these animals, looking for any kind of interesting organic stuff because that's all that I'd really worked with so far, I just kept finding plastic from farming waste um, and that's the first time that I was using bits of torn up plastic as well actually because while I was looking for natural things that's all that there was. There was just loads and loads of plastic everywhere, rubbish. Organic materials are or things that occur naturally are just much, much more beautiful than anything that we can create anyway. So it's a good starting point to make things out of those. <laughs> it's kind of cheating. <laughs> Actually, I started making drawings whenever I was on the residency that I did in Holland. Um I definitely wouldn't have been allowed to make drawings in newcastle <laughs> um and it was it was a it was a way or a practicality of just explaining ideas that I had or trying to create an atmosphere or explain more than words good what what an idea might be before it's actually made um and they were just sketches of sculptures like that for quite a long time and then whenever I started doing taxidermy then that kind of combined with it and I started using pieces of paper underneath the animals whenever I'm doing the skinning of the animal and then making marks on the page and then that would be the basis for drawings and then the actual draw, like making the drawings on top of that was quite often quite directly related to the sculptures that the animals were part of. So they're not, they weren't illustrations as such, they were sometimes with a sculpture, especially a suspended thing, um, the level of precision that I could achieve or the form isn't necessarily the same as what you could do with a drawing so it's sort of like a different avenue of the same idea I did an exchange in Holland for three months and whereas in Newcastle no matter what you made basically they said it was shit and in Holland no matter what you made they said it was amazing so I realised actually this is just somebody's opinion it doesn't doesn't necessarily reflect reality, it's just an opinion. So it enabled me to see that I should just do what I think seemed like, just try and absorb the information but don't necessarily believe it. Whenever I was at university and whenever I was starting out, I was really self-confident, but I probably shouldn't have been. And then, I, you know, whenever you're younger, you think you know all of the things, and then as time goes on, you realize that you don't know any of the things. <laughs> so I don't know if that results in a lack of confidence now, or maybe I've become confident in the fact that I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just always had a determined, I, I don't know if confidence really came into it, I was just always really determined, this is what I'm going to do. So whenever I graduated from uni, I didn't even wait to, for someone to offer me an exhibition, I just decided I'm going to organise my own exhibition, and went and organised this thing that was quite elaborate actually. I just didn't really like, look outside myself I just wanted to 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 do it the work that I've decided to make is really complicated in logistical ways which is my own fault it's really really hard work you don't really have any time for anything else in life like each year I think oh I'll have more time to actually see friends and stuff this year and then each year it's like okay well there's a period of four months where i'm just not going to go outside the house and then i'll have time and then you get to that point and then you've got like two weeks and then it just starts again and there's it's just kind of ongoing i don't have any ideas in my head of something that i want to make that i haven't made yet I, i i never really get to the of having time to even get that far I got sort of half ideas and stuff drawn on my wall and eventually they I was fine with ideas that I have that I hope to make that aren't related to a project eventually a project comes around and they kind of fit into it in some shape or form not necessarily exactly the same thing But I'd I'd like to have more time to do painting and drawing as well as the sculptural stuff. I actually just started working on some paintings, which are much more large in scale and much more like paintings rather than drawings than anything that I've done before. Um, And I find it very scary but very exciting to do that because just because I don't know. I don't know it, like some with my sculptural work, as far as the things that I'm making now, I actually I know the process of it inside out. So there's an aspect of it where it's kind of easy, but maybe too easy. Um, but then that also opens up different doors because I can make things that are more complex and so on. The drawings and the paintings that I've been making recently are definitely outside comfort zone stuff. Um, yeah, and quite exciting because of that, actually.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Artist's Word. If you liked what you heard, feel free to follow and share the show, leave a rating or review to help people find the show. Thank you.